Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast for pharmacists by pharmacists, where we discuss current events, relevant topics and emerging issues. I'm your host, Carly McMoore, and together with the AJP, I'm bringing you the opinions and expertise of different pharmacists to discuss their views and insights on topics relevant to pharmacists. Please like and rate each episode and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. In these podcasts, Richard Lim shares his experience of being a proprietor of a community pharmacy for years, his passion for community pharmacy, his balancing his work with being a council member, as well as his future aspirations. I'll ask you to do an introduction, please. Yeah, Carly, um, my name is Richard Lim. I'm a pharmacist, uh, run uh, my own pharmacy in Springvale for the last probably 31 years plus. Yeah, I graduated from uh, Monash here, pharmacy school here, in 1986, Bachelor of Pharmacy, and I registered in 1987. And uh, during that time, I was practicing mainly in hospital, actually. My first year in 1984 is Queen Victoria Hospital. After I graduated from uh, Queen Victoria Hospital, actually changed to Monash Medical Center that I came with the team as well to set up Monash Medical Center in Clayton. And I practicing there, and in one state I moved to Moorabbin Hospital, still part of Monash, and I decided to resign from clinical pharmacists in 1991 to set up my own pharmacy in Springvale. Yeah, because my passion is way, because I love clinical pharmacy so much, why it took me so long to decide to change my profession from hospital pharmacy to community pharmacy. Yeah, the idea is I want to serve my community, first of all. Secondly, I want to serve my worst community in Springvale or city of Greater Danone or probably the whole Victoria. That's my passion, actually. And from then onwards, I love to serve the community up to now because that's my passion. Even during my time when I just arrived in Australia, the end of 1980, I decided to set up by 81, I set up what we call Cambodian Youth Association. The idea I set up that one to just to keep all the uh, Cambodian young one not to go to work in the factory, not let them work in the factories, that's the idea. We get together, association, we catch up with each other on a weekly basis, sometimes monthly basis, and I don't mind, I didn't mind to provide them some sort of uh, re, uh, idea how to study and I provide them free tutorial as well to all of those things on the weekend if I didn't have any overtime in the factory I or went to farm for some reason because I need some more fun because no one supported me and I had to support my younger brother sister therefore that's a great idea that I discovered the great outcome after I resigned from Cambodian Youth Association and that someone else be, uh, took my role. That's a very good one and they become professional people up to now but myself because I experienced so many things from working in the factory during, uh, oh no, went to school during the day and work afternoon shift at night time, you know, from four o'clock in the afternoon till one o'clock in the morning and 8.30 at in the morning up to 3.30 in the afternoon at school, got to get my 
year 12 certificate to get into pharmacy school here that I never thought that I'd become a pharmacist at all because it's too difficult when I came to Australia, my language, my English language is very poor. Back in Cambodia, we learned mainly French, you know, French. My, during my generation, French right through. And uh, mainly except Cambodian literature only. And actually, I did farm school there for two years already, and after Pol Pot took over. After Pol Pot took over, I said no school for four years. After that, escaped to Thailand, stuck in a refugee camp. Fortunately, I worked with Red Cross, made a song song from chair, French uh, team, Scandinavian team, American team, Swiss team, whatever. I practiced English from then. I learned a bit of English background from there, and I got a certificate of nursing from there because they asked me to perform as what they call a substitute doctor at that time because all the doctors normally they move at night time to inside the, the city. That gave me a chance to sort of learn English here as well in the, in the what we call hostel, the government gave us one year to learn English and adapt to this environment and culture, whatever. I could not stay because I wanted to work and also because during the stay for three months only, I left the hotel, well, I had the hostel and rent a house somewhere and found a full-time job with my brother, my sister, whatever. And that's fortunate in a way that because I work in a hostel, I can learn English at night anyway. That's another fortunate in this country, why I think this country is a land of opportunity. Every time I gave the citizenship ceremony in my wards as a counselor, I always tell them, you are come to the right country, the land opportunity. Whatever you want, you can be, come someone easily, as long as you put work and effort and your passion, you're going to be someone like me. I keep telling them like that. That's fortunate, truly. After that, I finished in 80, actually 82, I went to school and worked afternoon shift because my boss was very kind to switch me from afternoon, day shift to afternoon shift because I wanted to go to school. That fortunately, I finished in two years, finished my school because I found school here. They said to me, I came to see the registrar, I said, ah, a lot of other students from overseas, I don't want to mention, even they qualified already, they had a lot of difficulty with English and so on. Therefore, fortunately, that I went all over again, I get into pharmacy again. Actually, I never thought I'd become a pharmacist at all because I wanted to do biotechnology, something because I love cooking. But fortunately, the score come back from VUVAC, they call VUVAC that time, and enough score to get in pharmacy. Therefore, I did try myself again. And, and I've become a pharmacist again. <laughs> yeah, that's my history in Australia. Yeah, and run pharmacy for 31 years plus. They're passionate about pharmacy and also prof uh, community you know, as a whole in our city of Gladelong, why I become a counselor as well to, to look after the diverse community. So I thought I'd find out um, about your career progression to be on the council yeah. and how it's worked for you being a pharmacist, also being on the council and advocating for your community and your pharmacy. It is a very difficult one. This is not that easy. It took me a while to decide. Actually, in 2012, I wanted to be a counsellor one because at that time I had so many pharmacists, about eight or nine pharmacists work for me. But because the former counselor said, hey, don't do it, that leave it for me for another term. 
I carry on for another term to some 16. I wanted to. I ready everything. I said, now, can you give me another chance? The last minute, he came to me. And the 2020, I said, I have to. I have to stand because otherwise so many associations upset me because they expected me to become a counselor. So many associations in our city, especially around Springwell. And why he said, no, I have to stand for the council because I'm too old already. Your question about balance between our profession and the counselor job is very difficult. The reason this way, and some other farms, it's probably not that hard, but for me, because customers still come to looking for me, different community, mainly Cambodian as well, some Vietnamese, Chinese, and different ethnic community, Greek, Italian, still my customer, from Morrisus, from New Caledonia, etc., etc., Thai and Lao. Therefore, they really wanted to me to see me, even though I have a very good manager, good pharmacist, sometimes they really want to see me personally. Not sometimes for the profession, related profession for sure, now overseas, sometimes they think that the advice over there is not as great as here because we are more honest. I keep telling them that Australia is the best country in the world because our profession as a pharmacist, as doctor, as any allied profession, we always keep the eye on from the top, the pharmacy board or APRA or whatever, and we can't do anything wrong. We can't say anything whatever we like that are the third world. That's what they sort of believe in. That's what I'm saying. Truly, we say whatever we think that is right, not just say whatever we think, just to make money for our profession in, in, in Australia. Therefore, a little bit hard for me to juggle between the counselor job and that, but I try to squeeze every minute, every day, honestly, like people now surprised even from the CEO, from the former CEO, from the mayor and deputy mayor, whatever. Even they want me to be a deputy mayor, mayor I don't want to because I know myself that I don't have time at all every day, every night, late night, 12, 1, 30 in the morning. Sometimes wake woke up in the morning, 3 or 4 o'clock, had to catch up with my work, blah, blah, email and uh, take message to other uh, people, resident or something related to my job as a counselor on my board. Therefore, very tough. The last two years, I worked very hard, <laughs> hardly have any proper rest or something. But the most important is rewarding. As a pharmacist, it's a front line. I found a pharmacist is an excellent job. If you love your profession, you're passionate about it, or you want to take care of your uh, people, your community, is an excellent profession. That's what my point of view. Actually, I never wanted to be a pharmacist at all. My back home, my family like institution, my father, hey, you have to be a pharmacist. And my father, my uncle, he's an anesthetist. He forced me to do pharmacy for this reason because we, he partnership with my father to have a pharmacy near the city. Therefore, in Cambodia, you hang just your certificate on the wall, that's it. You don't have to worry about anything. Anyone can sell medication like now. Yeah, yeah I, I guess... Squeeze this point a bit to let you know that in 2014, John Jackson, the PSA president now of Victoria, he invited me because he's the president of International Pharmaceutical Federation and president of uh, South Pacific Forum as well. That's my eye even more openly about how they practice in third world. I don't want to say Cambodia especially. A long story that I make it short because a long story for three days we do a lot of we did a lot of workshop. We called train the trainer. We invited all the inspector of 
right across the country, you know, about 65 inspectors. I remember they are all farmers. How I learned a lot because I can communicate with them personally during tea break, whatever, or lunch break. I understand a lot, but to leave it for the next topic. How I understand, I feel sorry for my people, honestly. Because that's back to my story, right? My parents, my father and my uncle want me to. I said, okay, I want to do medicine. I, I, I could get into medicine easily. I got half scholarship to France as well. But they forced me to do that. Okay, then. I try to work hard for you, give you a certificate. That's it, finish my duty. I a son, a good son, obedient son. And I'm going to do whatever I want to do. That's what my dream. And come here. My school principal next door to me, his school principal, primary principal, he said, Richard, what else, you know? At least you know something a bit about pharmacy from Cambodia, even the different curriculum, French and, 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 and Australian. Might as well, he has some idea about chemistry, about this and that, because my passion, I love chemistry, physiology. I teach a lot of young Cambodian free of chat a lot. I do a lot of free tutorial, I went to their home, whatever, during my time in pharmacy school too, or after graduate as well. Therefore, back to my story, I feel like pharmacy, we have to learn to love it. I keep teaching my, my pharmacy student now. We have four or five farm, we have five pharmacy students, and there's some more coming. I keep telling you how to learn to love profession. Even you think that you don't like it, you love to like it. Because how you're going to understand the profession and the one give you idea how to to be passionate, to fall in love with the profession. I keep educating them every day, any experience, good experience. You do this, even you check stock, each part of the profession. You can't go to the war without any gun, any grenade, any ammunition, it's not possible. They understand, they understand, they do whatever, they feel happy to do it from their heart, that's a main thing. Therefore, as a profession, very hard. But a good thing is that I tried hard to tell them exactly my people for out days at the at pharmacy. I'm always there after eleven o'clock. Anyone, anything, but ask my staff. I always there. You know, from what time? Even I have a meeting. I try to squeeze council very kind of me as well. I try to suit me, not suit the council too. Now, if I have a meeting with someone that they need me, I don't have to go to the council. They come to see me at the pharmacy. Therefore, lunch break, okay, go for lunch together, one hour, we sit down, what do you want from me? What do you concern about our ward, our city? That's something like that. And therefore, even there was a lot of people, residents from different wards, expect me instead. When they look at the council news, they say, hey, I want you. I said, why don't you contact your counselor? Otherwise, I'm in trouble, they're unhappy with me, you know? They say, no, I want you. That's it, simple as that. Something like that. I say, oh, sometimes this, sometimes that. I don't want to say the reason, you know, on air. That sort of thing. I ended up pressure on me to so much workload beside my own workload as well. But I enjoy it. Back to the square one, I enjoy doing it. I'm happy with it. Very rewarding. Always the good outcome. Like the last two years, I achieved so many things for Springwell Award. I'm so happy on the achievement that people love to hear. Now, this last Christmas and New Year, there are a lot of invitations. I shouldn't say that, but because the council, we have 11 councillors, they invited, you know, 11, but sometimes they invite you personally only, just one, like some group, Italian senior club, or Greek Orthodox, or Chinese elderly, or blah, 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 or Malaysian, you know, uh, radio 
committee radio for the last 30 years celebration they invited me addressed to me only as I have to attend no choice I want I have to attend that's all thing therefore very tough job honestly back to the summary it's a tough job try to squeeze every single minute lunch break whatever you keep looking at your mobile phone all the time your email your messages your phone call your miss call that's a lot of work but it's just rewarding the most important can you tell me a little bit about your health seminars that you did yes how did you set them up and what what do they involve yep normally when I set up my pharmacy in 1991 I provide health seminar to right across community different community first of all to Cambodian community, to Chinese community, from elderly association to other association, Vietnamese and so many association provide for free of charge. I'm the one myself go to. Sometimes Vietnamese languages I let my pharmacist, she's a manager, she speaks Vietnamese fluently, or Chinese, I have to let someone do the translation for me. That's from the beginning. Sometimes we do in store, we set up, you know, in one section of my store quite big. Everyone come that day, you know, we set up a chair, whatever, provide them health seminar. And on Radio 3, Triple Z, you know, ABC International, SBS, you know, I'm on regular basis on that one to provide ABA International. ABC International tend to provide right across the world, actually. That's a good thing that make me happy because a lot of uh, good feedback, especially like antibiotic resistant, antibiotic like a uh, a knife with two faces, you know, like a sword with two faces, whatever. They understand a lot. That's my recording. After that, in 2000, I remember exactly 2017, I think one of the gentlemen he asked me to be. I have my own Facebook, but he have a, he, he set up a health seminar we call SK Health Time or SK Media. He set up that for other reasons, but after he had a mini stroke that he didn't realize it, come to me, I told him that probably likely you have mini stroke. From then he realized that gee, a mini stroke not just to be this had to be that, your high cholesterol you can be a mini stroke, whatever. Therefore we set up from then onward and become very popular and every Wednesday night I'm on air, like tonight I have to be on air from 8.30 we intend to do like one hour but not, be, not a one hour that we expected Sometimes it may end up with from 8.30 to 10 only, maximum, but we never finish at 10 because so many questions around the world, from Cambodia, from around Australia, from Germany, from USA, from France, whatever. Therefore, we end up finish around 12 midnight or 12.30 some night. That is very long one. And like last Wednesday, because uh, I have a, a sort of inv invitation quite often from what we call RFA Radio Free Asia TV. They do online and on TV as well from Washington DC in Cambodian languages. In so many languages are in Cambodian language. Suddenly that day he wanted me to be on air as well. But from Washington DC, the time differences, you know what? Twelve thirty in the morning here. After I finished SK Media live, I had to go to the next one until 1.30 in the morning to finish. But I keep telling him that sometimes it's too hard for me. Therefore, I mainly, so many other radio, RFA, Radio Free Asia, radio, got a lot right around the world as well. There's three radio now, I still owe them, I haven't given them a chance to interview. But quite often, drive the car when they rang, I had no choice, I had to interview on the, in the, in the car while I'm driving. But this time, because I didn't look at the phone, therefore I said, I'm going to return your call whenever you want to interview me. 
that's a very successful. There are a lot of good comments. They're happy. You see the way like that make you feel like, oh, well, Wednesday night, they're waiting for you. No? Like America, like Germany, like France, especially they set up the alarm clock ready because different time differences. Therefore, you have no choice. You have to jump in. Doesn't matter how busy you are, unless too busy, let someone else replace me. That's the thing, yeah. So I guess um, probably some pharmacists want to know two things. So one is how did you become your steps to becoming on the council and your steps to creating your health seminar? So how did they come about? Um, Yeah, just so people can learn. As a counsellor, I guess counsellor, it's my passion to want to change, bring about honestly to you. I keep saying to uh, the counsellor, at the council meeting, I said, spring well, like a diamond, exactly like a diamond, we haven't polished it yet. It's so beautiful diamond, but we haven't polished it. Therefore, spring well, everyone thinks that, oh, very booming. To me, it's not as what I expected because other series, they absorb a lot of customers from spring well because they move faster, adapt, adapt faster than spring well. We are a bit slower than other ones. I said, I must... Not this 2020, I must be in the council. I have to change spring well to become tourist attraction. Not just nationally, probably world tourist attraction. Therefore, I have a long wish list already and we achieve at least one third of it or half a bit already, still more to come. That one. Pharmacists, another profession that I feel like we connect each other. Counselor and pharmacists are good because for me, why I say it like that? I look at my city. When I got elected, I did study a lot about my municipality. I found out that city of Gradi now 158 languages. A lot of new migrants from Afghanistan, from Iran, from Sri Lanka, from so many other parts of the world. They are poor, understanding about law of this country. They have language barrier. They understand about IT, technology, that whole thing. The language is why they don't understand even though committee consultation, they never reply. Therefore, the small percentage that respond to the committee consultation, and we can't use that sort of small number or idea to you know, apply right across the municipality. I don't agree with that. Back to the, 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 the main point that I, what I said pharmacists connect to the council, because our municipality, I should say, I say openly that, because confidential, but I better to say that, because it's our health profession, listen, anyway. We are the unhealthiest city compared to other municipality. We are unhealthy, because you understand that, because they don't understand what is input, what is output, when they eat it, how they release their energy, how they burn their energy, how they use exercise, how they understand the food, the health, and so on. Therefore, we have a lot of people that are on a lot of medication sometimes, you know, from diabetes, high blood pressure, and so many other problems related to lifestyle. Therefore, this is my chance to keep advocate and lobbying very hard at the council level to say no point to build, you know, uh, a, what we call Aquatic center, you build a lot of sports stadium, a lot of things, cost 60 million, blah, blah, blah. But if the people don't understand their health, how to eat properly, how to look after themselves, how they don't know how to what a food pyramid, all those blah, 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 it's no point. You know what I mean? You eat, 
the sack of eating, and after that you well, no, not sack of eating. You do exercise the sack of exercise, but you eat. You don't understand what you put into your body. You know, you don't understand the calorie. You don't understand glycemic index. You understand about metabolism of yourself. Blah blah blah. That's no point again. That's why I provide all these things. Why people are looking forward to listen all the time for a many years. They love to hear a lot of good comments. They ask me the next topic tonight because summertime I talk about sun, the sun and the UV and the carcinoma, whatever, melanoma, whatever. That's what my point all about. Therefore, I feel like I want to encourage a lot of farm system to become a counselor because you can help them to provide a lot of good idea about how to take care of themselves. If the people you raise them are healthy, everything going to be healthy from economic point of view, from social point of view. Everything that's what my understanding. Therefore, I think as a pharmacist, I encourage everyone. I encourage every multicultural community from Afghanistan to Sri Lankan to uh, Iran to also please, you know, work hard. Look after your community to become a counselor. I'm willing to coach you to become a counselor, not hard. As long as you're passionate about it, you really have a passion to serve community, you're going to get elected very easily, like myself. I didn't do any advertising, do any campaigning much at all. I got elected very easily, over 60%, you know, that sort of thing. Therefore, I really want pharmacists to be a counselor. You can look after most the social point of view and the health point of view. And you know what? Every time they invited me to give a speech as a counselor only in my ward, they always ask me, can you spend 10 minutes just health seminar for me about health? I always love to do that. Yeah, every every association of hey, you say, okay, a few words. Just a few words. Not for them, 10 minutes. Maybe not long. Well, they love to hear that. At the moment, because mental health during these last two, three, three years, I always use the word Happy chemical. I give them some example how to hack in the happy chemical from your brand. That's very easy one. Yeah, and so on, so many other reasons. If you really want a question, ask some people I don't maybe I didn't give you clear enough, give me some question too because I just said whatever I <laughs> So with the health seminars, yep. did you start off just doing small health seminars on your Facebook and then SK Media came in okay. and um, pr- helped promote you and helped um, su- yeah, promote you to a wider audience? Is that how it happened? Correct. Then what happened is small one. First we do like a clip put on Facebook, you know, like a video clip. You record, pre-recording and you pause it, you know, for half an hour for 15 minutes. After that, the SK Media, he's the founder. I really amaze him. He's not high educated, honestly, to say that. But he's very passionate about that. He just don't know about IT, don't know much about English, even Cambodian language. He doesn't know much how to read and write, but he learned as he go along. I encourage right through. I encourage him. You go ahead. I keep handling, helping you. You put on Facebook, I know you have a bit hard to type Cambodian, the right word, uh, English, whatever, I should correct you. I always spend midnight. Every time you put on Facebook, I add film, I edit everything for him. And by 2013, I remember correctly, he's had a mini stroke. I said, okay, then we form another health seminar. We call, we call uh, SK Health Seminar. That from then onward, we have more, longer live interview, you know, live interview through Facebook. After a while, we want more 
a speaker to come, a guest speaker, we pay the Be Life, you know, interview. I'm the one support him because he's just now a pensioner. He can't afford, we have to find a volunteer very hard. No one wants to work for free. Therefore, my point of view, support him financially and support him psychologically and give him encouragement right through. Even now he's had a bit frail, but I still. On him Life tonight, he said to me, sometimes him Life are too long. He can sit down for one hour, only otherwise he feels so tired and exhausted. Therefore, most of the time, it's my myself now solo on on Facebook now, because sometimes it cannot say, hey, you can't just, can leave any time in the middle of the interview, you know? Therefore, yeah, I still on that. Right now, my audience is very big, Modian. You look at the number of people follow our health seminar, 150,000 followers. A lot of people, over 100,000 too, that that like our our uh, uh, health seminar. That's all I think. So I thought I'd find out, um, throughout your career, yes. you would have had to challenge some, um, some I guess, structures that are in place that may not be the best, especially in pharmacy. So I thought I'd ask about some, uh, maybe an innovative idea that you've had in pharmacy that it would be great to share with the listeners and also about something that you might have challenged in pharmacy, something that you thought could be done better and that you really move forward. Thank you. Yeah, very challenging, actually. After I left the hospital to become a committee pharmacist, it's very challenging because sometimes I don't blame the, the pharmacist, but some pharmacists, they do something that they don't think about the profession. We are profession, we are not retailer, but they do something that's not right. This is what I see, that's very challenging. i give an example. As a pharmacist, you try to provide the service as much as possible good as much. You get enough staff, you provide them, you build confidence on them, trust on them, on trust from the community, that's the most important. You don't do some other thing that is not related to our profession, like doctors. They are doctors, they get Medicare. We don't have any Medicare. We provide a lot of service, fifth half an hour, we get nothing out of it. The government should introduce a rule that, okay, you give services, you should get money. Now that's a small pharmacy, different from yeah, You compete on the services. Please, that's a big challenge that I don't like it at all. But if you don't do it, you lose it, you know, you learn to adapt. As a profession, you have to learn to adapt with your profession on a daily basis, not on the monthly, yearly, but daily basis, whatever you have to change to understand, you change, you change. Change to the right way, ethically. To me, the big banner again come into place. You earn I don't have to discount pharmacy. Don't try to destroy the profession. Honestly, profession destroy completely more. That's it's not right. Why can't you do something? The government give us a very good, you know, incentive. But we destroy all those incentives. You as the as you know, if I dispense one prescription, concession card holder we still get some. We discount one dollar, the government don't know why the government put pressure on us to discount one dollar. We lose from our pocket as a pharmacist. Give one thousand prescription with one thousand dollar. That's one reason. Second reason, the big banner that discount pharmacy do the silly thing here. Cut price, cut here, cut there, just to try to kill the small pharmacy, independent pharmacy like America. They follow American, American junkie there. To kill the profession, I went to America many times. I love to visit small, small farms. very good. They 
calm. It's just sad for them. I talk to them, they say it's so hard to survive. Very hard because the big banner like Walgreens, Walmart, Kmart, whatever. No? And they sell everything. It's not professional anymore. I promise I don't keep many, honestly. I keep mainly what we call dermal cosmetic, mainly by Avin, by La Roche-Posay, something that clinical proven from France. I went to visit their own factory as well. I don't want to keep all others junky so much. That's not a profession, you know. That's what I think. And uh, the other thing is when you cut throat like that, poor the farms, poor the farm, young generation, future are concerned about their future. How are they going to have, can afford to run your own pharmacy? They end up with work for those discount pharmacy. Yeah. You know, they have no chance to become a proprietor. You know, what for again? You know, we work so hard, become a pharmacist for five years, and you can have a chance to become a uh, an owner and you want to be a passionate pharmacist to look after your community, you can't either because you have no choice. And sometimes I heard, I always love to listen to my intern, my student, pharmacy student. I said, whatever idea you have, tell me. I want to listen. Nothing wrong to feedback uh, during meeting. You give me, even year 10 student, give me some idea. What else we can improve for our profession? Sometimes they bring some more idea from other pharmacy as well. We as a pharmacy have to learn all the time, keep learning, challenging every day like we go to a war zone. I tell my staff, sometimes they don't get used to this challenging, this uh, um, difficulty, difficult customer, those sort of things. I say, look, you come to work, in business you like your war zone. You come to a war zone, you how to handle the war. You know, how to keep up with, how to manage the difficult customer, blah, blah. Keep them telling them until they understand, okay, if you love to work in the profession, why well, take a bit longer to interview them, to have so many stages before I accept it as a full-time. You have to understand. You have to work from your heart, from your passion, and always you do the word emotional intelligence, the most important. If you don't, no point to come in pharmacy. Therefore, I give a lot of chance to all my... Pharmacy system, no qualification. Very little English come to Australia. Ten odd years in Australia work in a butcher, some work in a fish shop, whatever, but they wanted to become a pharmacy system. But who going to give to them? Their English, their certificate certificate one, two, three, some want to be a dispensary system, whatever certificate for. I train them a lot. My pharmacy assistant, when you come to my pharmacy and introduce them, mainly they have no idea about English a bit. But the first six months of year, it went through a lot of hardship. They cry, they want to give up, they want to resign, and my daughter will be behind them, comfort them. I'm behind you. Doesn't matter what I'm behind you, okay? Now, one of my shop assistants, she in charge, like a store manager outside. English very fluently, write English quite well. Any mistake, we keep correct them. No? I'm looking for someone that has passion, no? have EQ to come to my work. I can't get people that, oh, I'm smart coming. It's not work in my pharmacy. Therefore, the most important as a profession, please learn to adapt. If the big banner or the discount pharmacy, please don't copy each other. A copycat is a bad thing. It's for me. You try to... Look after the profession that the government, you will lose all the incentive already. You know, one dispensing prescription, 
for general patient, we convert to private. Used to be illegal to do that. But now the government, oh yeah, you can do it. You do it. I'm happy. You know, government very happy for us to do that. But we lose our incentive to become a profession. By a lot of farms during these three years, as of lockdown, a lot of farmers left the profession to do something totally different. Example, my pharmacist. They said they fed up with the profession that is not worthwhile because you work hard for the community because some come only to bargain with the prices only. They not acknowledge, appreciate about the service. They provide 15, 20 minutes, you know. I have a lot of overseas patients come to during this time. A lot they come looking for me to ask advice or phone, you know, to Cambodia. If they have an issue, they want to know my advice, what to do, how to take care of their family. And I send to the doctor nearby to have a telehealth with the GP here. And I helping them. If any prescription from Cambodia in French, mainly in French, okay, I translate for the GP and you you go to the GP. If the parent come here, I always send to the GP nearby. I do the translation for them about medication, about any diagnosis, any medical condition in French, I translate for them. And they're happy. No, I said, look, this is the best country in the world, the cheapest treatment too, rather you go to Thailand, Cambodia. Every time they sick, sometimes they don't trust with their own medical profession. They go all the way to Vietnam. If the one that has a little bit, a little bit of money, they have a bit more money, they go to uh, Thailand. A bit more money rich, they go to Singapore. But it's sad. Therefore, now they encourage, they take their father, parent, their family to come to treat in Australia. You as a profession try to help them. They take care by this GP, take care by us. At least they have a very good healthcare system, good outcome for their health in Cambodia, for example, or Vietnam or, or China. That's my role as well, to help them for that reason. Therefore, as a professional challenging, but I beg the big banner, the discount, please stop doing this thing. You know, it's no good for the profession, for not good for the young generation at all. And now a lot of profession left, pharmacists left the profession because during the COVID, people are very rude, very impatient, probably like Grace Chong mentioned to me in front of the dean, Arthur, and myself, and the PCA president, George Jackson, and, and so on. She got very bad. Uh, treatment by the customer, throw the egg on <laughs> into her face. Great Chong, the deputy, she, uh, the, the vice president of Farms again in Victoria. She told me like that and throw the tissue box to her as well. You see, very hard, you know, for us. Sometimes it's just a minor thing, but we have as a profession, we have to learn to be patient to try to understand them. But the most important, they are very frustrated because mental health, I talk a lot mental health for our people as well. Every time in this health seminar, I provide a bit of health, uh, uh, mental health issue. Like I said about the four happy chemicals related to meditation, whatever. This is purely pharmacologically. It gives you happiness by having the right attitude, the right gratitude, have kindness, uh, attitude, gratitude and kindness make you happy. You know, that's the most important. Yeah, that keep teach them like that. And tonight I'm going to mention a bit how to relaxation, you know, in this sort of mental health environment. What's the problem? I have 30 points I'm going to mention to them as well. Yeah. Therefore, any other question you want to ask? No, thanks. Is there anything I haven't asked? <coughs> it's, it's so many things, but 
probably too long for the audience only. I have so many things to tell you, probably all day maybe. How do we keep pharmacists in the profession? We have to, first of all, we have to, like I said earlier, we have to practice in a way as a pharmacist, not as a retail. We are a profession, we call community pharmacy, we don't sell the retail pharmacy, I don't like that word either. I look at other uh, retailer, for example, Chinese grocery in Springville or butcher, they are really smart, the price is not much different. Not much different, not cutthroat competition. A little bit, five centimeters different, and sometimes very similar. You go anywhere because they have... I have to take you around Springville to understand what I said. I to test all food, different food, why I'm really passionate to make Springville become two attraction. I love to invite you and your family to come along, to enjoy, to understand what I said only, what I mean by tourist attraction. Grocery, most everyone are surviving, surviving very easily because they are not compete cutthroat like us, you know. It's not good. We try to concentrate on the profession. That's what I want to survive for the future. Please stop all this, you know, discount. I know that it's ATPC, not allow us to try not to monopolize the market, whatever, but we are done. We still up and down price, but we don't show all this unethical word, oh, we are half price, we are the cheapest, the cheapest, the cheapest, brainwash, but actually not the cheapest, you know. A lot of people come to me because they discover that their discount pharmacy that cheapest is not cheaper than us at all. Honestly, they say like that, and why they come to me all the time, but the most important, they said I provide good service from my heart, my passion to provide honest opinion, not just for money. Why they travel quite far from Thomastown, Laylaw, Cranburn, Dalton, all sort, Mitchell, whatever, come to me on a regular basis. And Saturday, I never go anywhere, hardly at any counselor function, unless I have no choice. I don't have to be on Saturday because the only day, Sunday, my day off, eight people from different suburbs looking for me to ask advice, to discuss about cholesterol tablet. I just say one lady, stop her cholesterol tablet. She said, I'm not, why I had to take it? Because in her cholesterol tablet is only 5.8. I explained to her, your cholesterol 5.8 not mean good. You misunderstood. Your HDL very little. Maybe one only. The LDL and triglyceride, maybe 2.5, 2.5. You add up, it's fine. The other one is point one more plus, it's 6. It means you are very bad situation. Right? You stop. You know, that's why she quickly, okay. I had to take back. I don't want the GP to know I'd to kill me. <laughs> they blast me. Something like that. On the other hand, I want to mention, as a profession, if you really work hard, look after community, social responsibility, you got a lot of reward. Honestly, throughout my career as a pharmacist, even before that, I got the award a lot. You know? Like, for example, it before 2010, I got them gold medal from Senator Ben Chen, federal member on behalf of Chinese Elderly Caring Association. They make a very symbol of Australia with a real pure gold to give to me, appreciate I serve the community. After that, 2011, Governor of Victoria plus the Premier and the, uh, what we call, Victorian Multi-Commissioner gave me another award as well. 
become victorious, multicultural, of excellence, you know. That's a reward too, but with, but you serve the community, you look after the community as a profession, as a community, you got that award. After that, 2011, I got nominated by someone to become Australian of the year, but I didn't get it, just a nomination. 2016, another one more, someone else nominated, but didn't get it either. But by 2013, I got Pharmacy of the Year. I got two awards. Overall winner, 2013 Pharmacy of the Year from the Guild, and also Pharmacy uh, Community Engagement of the Year as well. We got two awards in one year. That's another rewarding as well. Just let pharmacists know that if you put your effort, your kindness, into the community, you have the right attitude, you have gratitude to them, you're going to get something in return, no? not unexpected. And anyone ask me for charity, I love to. I'm, I have so many five charity. I can give you so many charity you want me to say, but I'll put on for next time. For example, one gentleman, he's a lawyer from Melbourne, or from Sydney, he come to me, hey, I want you to be part of orphanage fund, Cambodian orphanage. I said, okay, yes, I answer straight away. No? because he knew a friend of mine, he's a brother of my friend from refugee camp together. He heard a lot about me the last over 20 years. That's why he came to me. That's one good thing about too. Therefore, I got appreciation about governor of Australia as well, you know, Sir Stephen Noonan, Noonan Stephen, I think he's done something like that. By 2014, I got OAM from the Queen, you know, Queen birthday. Yeah, as OAM, because I worked so community for a long time, like I said to you, radio, community, health center, blah, 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 blah. That's a good thing. 2014, John Jackson invited me to provide, I told you already, about, you know, train the trainer. That's very rewarding as well. And I involved a lot of international charity. We call Rotary International with one of the doctors and other. We do a lot of template, like a model to train each villages in Cambodia in the remote area to look after themselves. Yeah, I got Paul Harris made fellow as well, as a medal to me as well. That's another rewarding that I put a lot of work for many years. Yeah, and after that I got, you know, like multicultural you know, medal from our city of Greenland around 2019 as well. And I get uh, what else? A few more. I can't remember now. <laughs> minutes. That's put it back in the conclusion that Whatever you do to the community as a pharmacy, you're always rewarding in different way. Not just a customer give you some uh, groceries, some nice cooking and uh, vegetable, whatever. This award that the government or the resident or the community look at you as a role model in the community as well. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. So I might ask one more question. Is yep. anything? But yep. I'd ask you, what does your future look like? What does my, what would you like to aspire to? <laughs> my future, actually, I want to retire quite a long time ago too, but because I have so much passion, so much close relationship with my community, all the community, customer, my customer, my resident, therefore a bit of very hard to decide to resign from the profession. Doesn't matter what, I still want to become a pharmacist, still run a profession, even those I work as a volunteer. The thing is this part, I wanted to, my wife, she wanted to retire a long time ago, she, she's, my, she's a pharmacist too. 
my daughter, she's a pharmacist too. She worked for me a few years, four or five years. Now she worked in the hospital in the state, at the Eastern Health, at Boxdale. My son, he, as a pharmacist, he worked for me at the moment. He said he wanted to run a pharmacy. That gave me even, even harder to leave the profession. The second priority, the first priority, doesn't matter what. I still want to become a pharmacist as long as I'm good. All I stand so I can help in the community. As a volunteer, it doesn't matter because I love profession so much as well. Because we are the front line, we can help them a lot before we send the customer to the GP. That sort of thing. Therefore, future, I really want a pharmacy to continue better and better as a profession. My point is this: I want pharmacists to prescribe. Why the nurses? Practitioner, practitioner nurses, let me call practitioner nurse. Yeah, nurse, nurse practitioner. practitioner yeah. yeah. Why the nurse can do that? Why can't the pharmacist that have very knowledge in medication and also about the knowledge of uh, diseases as well? Honestly, to you, you see, we provide health care card by PSA. I tend to give that to all of my customers. You want to understand simple English? You see, the doctor don't have time to. Counseling, provide any health advice. If the doctor can spend time to talk a lot like pharmacists, probably half of their problem disappear. But we come to pharmacists only, we spend a lot of time to explain about their condition, their diseases, what sort of care they took, take care of themselves, blah, blah, blah. That's what my passion, why. Actually, I want to be a doctor more, actually, but because my passion to like, to love, to understand that why has health seminar given me a lot of chance to do a research, study, understanding, and plus PSA have a very simple, you know, cell care card as well. That's a very good, you see, not other profession. But in the future, hopefully, the government split into the doctors, like in one clinic, the doctor just prescribing. The pharmacist, oh no, the doctor just diagnoses, give the what sort of condition this patient has. The next one is the pharmacist going to prescribing. That's what I wanted. In England, they have a lot of model already, you know, in England. I listened, I came to lecture not long ago, last year, I mean, one of the, the gentlemen come from England, told me that. I wish we could have like that. Hospital, we have a bit more, you know, more what they call, like, a, more privilege, you know, to interact with the GP that I worked in hospital for a long time, since my first year up to 91, and my eight year understand that we have more power, we can say like that in simple terms, to recommend, to suggest clinical meeting, meeting, ward team meeting, we can give a lot of our good idea to the nurses, nurse in charge, to the registrar, the intern, to the consultant. At clinical meeting, we are the one that say, hey, they turn, hey, the pharmacist, what do you think about it? What medication you can give? And we can't give any medication on earth. As a pharmacist, I learned a lot in at, at hospital, we just give whatever we can only. You can't be just only infection of this after the, you know, after the culture. We can't give anything on earth. We just give whatever suitable on it. Otherwise, where the budget? How can we spend the money? You know, we don't have enough money to spend until the end of financial year as a pharmacist. Therefore, we have multitask pharmacy, like I keep telling my pharmacist. Pharmacist is multitask, okay? You know, you are a shopkeeper, you are cleaner, you are uh, housekeeper, you are technician, you are also as a profession, you have to learn all these things, you know. That's the most important. 
Therefore, as a profession, I hopefully wishing forward that our profession going to be exist, getting better and better as a profession, as not as a business to cut through each other, not at all. You know, hopefully the government give us some incentive, a bit better incentive like NDSS. You know, NDSS. You know, you provide all of these services to diabetes patient for nothing. We make a loss every time we do a transaction to order the stock, all our money. Why we have to do this sort of thing? Because we are soft target. For me, pharmacists is soft target from the government point of view. They keep squeezing you, they do whatever, they say, oh, you can do that, you do that. I keep pushing, and try disclosure, they always squeeze us, you know? And one thing, okay, each supplier allow 10 boxes of antibiotic, blah, blah, blah. How are we going to run a pharmacy? Why we control us? We are private enterprise. Why they control us, the government? I'm not happy with that sort of thing. And all private disclosures too. Why are we not allowed to discount? Every time we keep disclose them, they keep cut down the price, the, the cost price to us, and we're going to make less and less margin. That is unacceptable. Now, hopefully, our organization from PSAs, SHPA, Guild, Pharmacy Guild, we join hand together, we fight hard to get pharmacy practitioner. We can prescribe. Yeah, not a conflict of interest. We can subdivide in two. Even one pharmacy, okay, you're not allowed to dispense. You're only prescribing. The other one dispensing. That's what I think that's the, the future of pharmacy. And we're looking for more idea. Now we can't survive because prescription cut, cut throat competition. The general question, uh, general patient become private, you know, make money. We try to sell the front of the shop that make more money. Front of the shop, we had to compete with supermarket with each other, with commit, uh, some small retailer, all those sort of things, it's not acceptable as a pharmacist at all. This one my personal point, and so many other reasons too. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP website forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please follow us on Twitter at AJP Podcast and send us a message.